Hello and welcome to the 58th edition of the Two Black to Nerdy podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm your host, Chris. And today, uh, first of all, uh, we know it's been a while. It's been like six months. Our last episode. Six months, man. Uh, Spider-Verse review, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot's gone on. Um, and then just so the audience knows, we took a break because um, we wanted to support the writers and actor strikes that were going on. I want to say the majority of this year. I think the actor strike ended. I want to say like a month ago, almost. I don't know if they've ratified yeah, it, but it yeah. ended on uh, my brother's birthday, so a little bit less than thirty days ago. Thirty days, yeah, less than thirty days ago. So yeah. we are. Officially back um, today, we want to cover everybody's favorite uh, cinematic franchise that is uh, a currently on the decline, according to, a, according to the Variety. I think the writers at Variety have someone there has it out <laughs> for the MCU for sure. So we're going to talk about is uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in shambles. We're going to give our thoughts on the Marvels and Loki. And... Um, you know, we know we miss quite a few things. Uh, we may touch on those. It depends on kind of what Chris and I have both seen and what we both were into. But I at least want to talk about the Spider-Man game because I actually think it doesn't deserve Game of the Year, even though it's up for Game of the Year. And I love it. Baldur's Gate 3 is Game of the Year. Yeah, that or Zelda, I Baldur, think. Baldur's Gate 3. I played all of them. <laughs> Baldur's Gate You played 3. all of them? Okay. Yep. But... So I guess first of all, let's. Why don't we start? Um, we we'll start with the Marvels because that's easier, and then we can talk about Loki, and then we can talk about our overall thoughts on the Marvel universe in general. So we don't need to go over every plot point of the movie, but uh, Chris, the Marvels. What were some of your your main thoughts about the movies? You like it? You not like it? You know anything that stuck out to you? How was your How was your experience? Because we did actually see that one together. That was a good time. Yeah, it was cool. You know. Uh, I, you know, I, I was inter- entertained. I, you know, uh, did not, you know, at once try to reach for my phone when it buzzed or anything like that. I was just watching the film. Uh, it didn't blow me away. Wasn't expecting it to didn't bore me either. Um, probably could have been maybe just like slightly longer to flesh out the villain because this villain, yeah. fell the way of most MCU villains when this one had more potential to be better. Um, I yeah, loved Tom, uh, the ma- Tom Hiddleston's wife. Yeah. I, I love the main cast. Uh, you know, uh, Kamala, Carol and Monica all were fantastic and lovable and Kamala's family were, uh, was great. And they clearly minimalized the father after his very, very troubling uh, text messages with a minor. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. dad, yeah, he'll 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 yeah. get written off. <laughs> yeah, so or just recast him. Um, recast, yeah. yeah, just don't be afraid of recasting. Like it, you know, it's also not like a a, a major character in, in terms of everything, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, silly. It was goofy. It was very much a comic book movie, and that's fine. Uh, it's. I guess ending its run today because I guess the articles are coming out that it's going to end its run as the worst MCU uh, box office, which it's not the film's fault. In my opinion, this one is better than the first Captain Marvel. Um, And also you had the actor strike. So you didn't have any promotion for it. You also had anti-Captain Marvel sentiments from the beginning, you know, because 
of Brie Larson's very correct comments and critiques on the they were uh, so critic mild. industry. Oh my god, yeah, we can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. And you know, so you had people that were always out to get in, then you know, compact that with you already had even more races that were, you know, be like, oh, you're gonna have a Pakistani woman in the lead and a black woman in the lead, like uh, MCU, you know. So it 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 it, it didn't have many things going for it in the box office because of all those hindrances. So it didn't des- it does it does not deserve to be the worst MCU box office at all. I honestly I, most of phase four does either. I Maybe agree. I think I think so I mean overall I most I agree with you, Chris. I thought the film was a silent anywhere between a six or seven out of ten. I mean I was thoroughly entertained. I definitely think think that there were I think the jokes in this were pretty funny. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the chemistry between the main cast, Brie Larson, Amon Delani, and Tiona Paris, I thought they did a great job just kind of almost giving you like, you know, a fun, like just like a girl group that you could just like enjoy watching their personalities balance off of each other, things of that nature. Um, I, you know, as far as like the plot and things of that nature, was it kind of a generic superhero plot? Oh, this MacGuffin, we got, no, you, you know, we have to get these two together and the, the universe, like, yeah. And I think, and the villain, and the, the actress who played the villain is Zawe Ashton. So yeah, I just want to make sure I got her name in here. So yeah, again, she needed more time. You know, I felt like there was something you could have done there with her origin where, okay, she's a Kree that, you know, was there when Captain Marvel destroyed the Supreme Intelligence. And I mean, it was kind of a dick move. Like she did kind of screw them over, you know? So like there is a backstory there and there's a lesson of like, you know, hey, two wrongs don't make a right and how, you know, you know how revenge can be bad and things of that nature. But I feel like, you know, they didn't they didn't go there the way they needed to. So you ended up having a villain that was underdeveloped. And of course, like every Marvel villain, she died. <laughs> she blew mm-hmm. up. So, you know, I just I one thing I will, I will never understand. Marvel loves to kill their villains in the first outing all the time. I don't get it. Like she could have been depowered. She you know, they could have arrested her somewhere. I'm just like, did they really need to kill her? You nope. know, but in no, so because it, it and, and and for context too, like people who read the comics, right? Most villains in comics stick around forever. Even when they do die, they come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can understand in a cinematic universe, you want movies and things that feel like they matter. But like you know, when you're trying to plot ahead, when, you know, get people excited for future things. I mean, who doesn't love good villain team ups? You know, mm-hmm. and you take that potential away when you. <laughs> murder every villain that you have at the end right i mean mm-hmm. you know the, the best example i can think of is someone that's probably gone too soon it's probably you know i might get in trouble for this but someone like a killmonger you know definitely after you know michael b's you know portrayal in black panther i mean probably one of the best moments of black panther 2 was when he was able to come back you know in in spirit form right so like you know we we, we kill off these characters it's just like a bummer because sometimes you can have a character that like maybe they don't pop in the first movie they're in and then they pop later because a good example is like loki nobody was talking about loki after thor one no one cared i remember when like I you know they started they started doing press, but I'm saying like in general, when they started doing press for Avengers, and they're like, Loki's going to be the villain. I was like, eh, but Loki was probably the standout character from that first Avengers movie way back when. And that's probably why he ended up getting the show. So, you know, 
<laughs> you roll your eye. Chris is rolling mm-hmm. his eyes, but people like Loki. Ladies definitely love Loki for sure. Um, so just gonna get off that soapbox. Um also I will say in the Marvels, the uh the flurkins, all the little flurkin kittens, and them trying to catch them and like eat the people to store them in their little dimensional bellies set to uh memories from cats was hilarious i was the only person in the theater that got it i was laughing no one else laughed and i was just like you guys don't have culture yeah no i you definitely were i'm like you were like cracking up and i you're like it's cast a musical and i was like oh <laughs> i mean i thought that joke landed only because it was a like, build-up and payoff like you knew the kittens were coming right mm-hmm. and it was like and i was just kind of like you knew the kittens were coming and using that as an escape plan I thought was good. Again, yeah, it was a good joke because people like Goose in the first Marvel movie, Captain Marvel movie too. So the fact they mm-hmm. were able to build on that was good. Um, also, it was weird to me too. I'm like, if it's a cat, why is a cat laying eggs? Like cats like give birth. And I was like, wait, the cat's name is Goose and Goose and geese lay eggs. Oh, that's, uh, makes sense. So thought that was funny too. Um, what did you think about the singing planet? That was another point of contention. Some people loved it. Some people didn't. How how'd you feel about the singing planet? I'm sorry, I do theater. Like that, that wasn't gonna bother me. <laughs> That's just how theater kids interact. Like, what do you mean? It was in there for the yeah, no, I was gonna say it's a like that kids was, planet. It was there for the theater kids, yeah, definitely. And considering how many actors and actresses like did theater either as a kid or like maybe they'll go do a stint on Broadway or something, like who cares? Well, I think so too. Expand like, your palettes, people. Your your classic, like I don't know what you want to say, like comic bro, MCU bro. That definitely was not meant to appeal to them. That was definitely there for the theater kids. You know, mm-hmm. I you know I think that theater is probably more. If I were to take a guess, it's probably more popular with women than men. And this is sort of like a female centered movie, so I get why they put it in there. And I also understand why like it got backlash because like the MC, the classic MCU bro fan is like, what is this? I I was fine with it. Like I got what they were trying to do, but you know, this is a, 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 a this this is an example too of like kind of I mean where we'll get into this like kind of where the Marvel universe is where like they're definitely not trying to appeal to like their older fans anymore that are leaving, but I don't think they've really gotten a grasp on like a new group of people that'll really enjoy something like that because like where how many like you know big theater fans are really going to go see the marvels i think that's also like a problem you have is that did they was there anything to sort of attract that demographic in there except hey hopefully women see this and women like musicals maybe you know mm-hmm. so that's also kind, kind of a i mean a thing i want to get into too um uh let me see i'm trying to think uh nick fury was in this movie uh yep weird uh there was like no of a joke in this one there was like no follow up to Secret Invasion whatsoever. Oh, like yeah, the scrolls were in it, but like the whole conflict, like I feel like Secret Invasion, because it didn't perform well, they're just gonna like retcon it, pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Cause Secret like Invasion felt like it was supposed to be a Captain Marvel show. Yeah. And they just without Captain Marvel. All right, yeah, because I you lost you lost the whole intrigue part after the first episode when you revealed who all the scrolls were and you can be like oh Rhodey wasn't revealed to be a scroll like okay you did it in like the second episode for him like, and it was obvious 
Because it was yeah. like, Rhodey was so mean in the show. And it's like, Rhodey can be grumpy, but he ain't he ain't that mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'll make uh, a, you know, a snide joke. He'll dig at you, you know, like play the dozens. But he's not like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you can be like, oh, well, he lost Tony. It's like, no. No, it wouldn't have made him that mean. Um, yeah. And the only, I mean, the best scene in that movie is probably when he had that one-on-one scene with Samuel Jackson. Where it's like, we didn't take mm. away power from mediocre men that don't look like us to be, you know, for it to be mediocre men who do. And I was like, that was probably, I'm like, that was written by somebody black. Like, I get mm. it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess my point is that, like, the whole scroll conflict, you know, there's scrolls in this movie, right? They're, like, being attacked by the Kree and, like, there's a weird scene like where they're they're trying to take save as many as they can and get them on the ship. And there's a point mm-hmm. where like, you know, the Marvels, Kamala, she's trying to save as many as she can. And Brie Larson, I mean, and, and Captain Marvel's just like, we can't save them all. We have to leave. And like, I thought that was going to be a point where like, you know, Ms. Marvel obviously like idolizes Carol. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was going to be a point of like contentious between them where she's like, oh man, my hero isn't perfect. And my hero, da da da. They don't really follow up with that at all. They're just like, yeah, I mean, most girls die. That sucks. I mean, I was okay with that for a little bit. I mean, she could have. I, I mean, because Carol was right. Because if yeah. they stayed longer, then they all would have died. They all would have died. Maybe everybody yeah. but Carol. So, like, you know. Uh, and it could have been a lesson that Kamala had to learn. It's like, I'll still try to save everyone I can, but you know, like Kamala's new to this. Carol's been doing it for 30 years, but you, you, they, they don't really follow up on that to be like, this is kind of like, this is a learning lesson. Like, it's not to say like, don't save people, but it's like, there's going to be a point where like the situation becomes untenable and, all the people that you could save or could save in the future, you won't be able to save if you, you know, like the whole planet's about to go bye-bye. Like you got to do what you can. It's sort of like, like an entry level job where you have like, you know, the idealistic kids straight out of college, right. With the, like, uh, you know, working professional that's beaten down, (laughs) that's been at the company for 30 years. That's kind of the, I feel like the dynamic they were going for. Um, but yeah, so I just, I that, I like, again, th- there were parts of this movie I felt like, you know, if they had just spent more time, like, going over that issue, it would have, uh, it would have mattered more. Um, I, That's where so, another 10, 15 minutes of runtime, which would have got it to about two hours and maybe like two hours and five minutes would have would have covered that would have uh fleshed out the villain more that's really the all, all you really needed it, this did not need to be a two and a half hour two hour 45 no. minute film no um so uh to the last point um so obviously i mean pretty much everybody knows now we get an x-men tease at the end where mm-hmm. like at the end of the movie uh there there's pretty much like an incursion uh, with, I mean, I would just call it, you know, the Earth 2 or the X-Men Earth, you know, whatever. And um, Monica Rambeau, is, is, her, is this is Spectre her superhero name? They did not give her one. They did not give her one. So Monica Rambeau has to go to the other side to make sure to close the portal pretty much. That we don't see her until the post-credits. And we see her, she sees, you know, we see uh, 
another version of her mom that looks to be a version of Captain Marvel, kind of like we saw in Multiverse of Madness. And we see uh, Beast from the X-Men. Same actor. Played by Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, so same actor from the old X-Men movies, but his design is supposed to, is, you know, more reminiscent of, like, the animated show look because mm-hmm. that's pretty much everybody's favorite version of X-Men, um, it looks like. So, um, you know, obviously people have waited forever for the X-Men to get to the MCU. And I mean, we've, we've, Chris and I have talked about it already. So, I mean, my, my theory of what they're going to try to do with some version of Secret Wars, that there's going to be some sort of incursion type deal with the MCU we have, which doesn't have any mutants except for Ms. Marvel, I guess. And uh, this other universe that has the X-Men now is this universe the exact Fox X-Men universe? Is it, you know, similar? We don't know. But I feel like there's going to be some sort of incursion type deal. They go to war or they fight or there's some conflict. The universe blows up. And once things get recreated, you know, almost like a crisis on Infinite Earth type deal, we'll have some sort of new Marvel universe where the X-Men have just existed, you know, since the beginning. And that's how you get them in. Because the hardest thing with the X-Men is like, you know, to have, you know, this is a universe where, like, we haven't heard much about mutants pretty much at all. So to, like, have the X-Men, have mutants just show up without a really good explanation of, like, how come they've never been mentioned or talked about and really no one's ever seen a mutant anywhere is weird, right? Because in the comics and in most X-Men lore, I mean, they're everywhere. You got teenagers, they go through puberty, powers happen, you know, it's like a public thing. So it doesn't make sense in for X-Men to just appear in this current universe without some sort of, uh, you know, rewrite, in my opinion. Um, you know, you've got people like Wolverine was, that have been around for decades and stuff like that. So the blip was the perfect time to do it. Because you had all that energy and you already said that the uh, gauntlet or the Infinity Stones gave off radiation. There you go. But they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, because I will. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even still, then it's like, you know, you still have to wait a bunch of time to give characters like Xavier and Magneto to develop. And then they have to go find their the their X-Men and the Brotherhood and all that. So, you know, it's kind of hard to do it when they're not already sort of semi-established yeah and then you just gotta gotta put them there but it is what it is um but you know speaking of multiverses uh loki season two yeah yeah so um what are your i guess chris you can go first what are your thoughts on loki season two a lot most people i felt like a lot of people didn't watch it but most people who watched it uh enjoyed it for the most part especially the ending i did i did actually really enjoy the ending so yeah i loved the finale um and i guess my issue would be that they kind of just screwed over sylvie i would agree as much as an important character as she was in season one, she just didn't really do anything in season two. She's like Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, you take her out, the plot still happens. You know, the plot may happen, but the end result's still going to be the same. 
and you know jumping to the the finale real quick i mean i absolutely adore that scene between loki and he who remains loki and uh mobius and then loki and sylvie after that right Mm -hmm. but you mean to tell me loki just kept going back to that moment of confrontation with hero remains and he like didn't go back like 10 minutes before before they went up there and be like hey wait this is everything that's going to happen when we go up there so then maybe sylvie's like wait a minute how do you already know this once the things start to play out and then you're just like okay hold up you kill him we all die because you know at this point you just said she just you know you just reduced her character to she just has a murder boner for he who remains in his variants and that's it and then oh she wants to protect her world but then the only solution you present to protecting her world is you have to kill her or you know loki comes up with his solution, which more or less aligns with what he who remains one in the first place, he is replaced and no longer has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think that the issue with Sylvie in this season is that like, she obviously kills he who remains. And like when Loki is trying to find a way to change it and fix it, it's like, it's pretty much like a canon event where it's like, she kills him no matter what. And like, I get why they, they had that, but it makes Sylvie come off as just like irrational and crazy, you know, especially when like you have like, you know, especially when you have like a female character, I think that's portrayed in a way where she's just like, just has, it's just extremely irrational to the point where it's just like, okay, any real person, if you actually sat down with them and it's like, if you kill him, we're all going to die. Most people would understand like, okay, well, let's do something else. You know, we could capture him. We could take him back. We could interrogate him. We could find another way, et cetera. So like, yeah. And clearly Sylvie can be that person, which is why she doesn't kill Victor Timely when they're all in the TVA. Like, you know, I know Loki can time slip, but you mean to tell me that he couldn't take Sylvie back in a time slip too? Like maybe he could. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with you know, that. Um, we, main bright we, points was, or, sorry. Well, uh, before we, we get to the elephant in the room, uh, Kiwai Kwan, fantastic as Ouroboros. Loved him. Yep. He was great. No, he was great. Uh, I liked Mobius in the season two. You got to see yep. really pretty much where he came from. And he's just like, it's what you would expect. He's a dad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of gave dad energy. In the first season, he gave dad at work energy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They could have done more with B-15, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. B-15, I feel like was kind of there this season. Um, I still so question, how do you feel about Renslayer? Because like they gave her a lot of screen time in the middle of the season, especially like the Victor Timely episode. But at the end, it's like did nothing with her. Nothing at the end, it's like she's in the void with the what with the the smoke monster. <laughs> yeah, with Eliath. Eliath, and you're just kind of like, I mean, I'm assuming maybe they plan to do more with her. I did like her scenes and her. I like Miss Minute. I liked her relationship with Miss Minutes and Miss Minutes going uh, like Miss Minutes. Oh, Miss Minutes God. going like total. I thought the Miss Minutes stuff was funny. 
because it's like it, this is an AI that's just like <laughs> a total like stalker fangirl. It was Hello, it, y'all. it was funny, but it was just like really like make me your girl. Like, oh all right, all right. All right. Like, like this is misery by Stephen King. You'll um, never be him. Yeah. And then yeah, <laughs> Renslayer, I also feel was like kind of wasted because you know, she's a part of this plan to bring Q Who Remains back. Mm-hmm. And that's her goal. That's her aim to be a partner. And then she's just like, you know, Victor Time's like, oh, I don't want a partner. So I'm going to just throw you overboard. And it was like, all right. And then she comes back. And then it's just kind of like, she's just kind of there to be kind of like the the scooby-doo villain of the week like she has her plan she gets defeated she has her plan she gets defeated especially given that you know like the implication that she was like the number two to hero remains in the war and that doesn't really get fleshed out no it's kind of it being stated and then he uh miss men's be like and then he wiped your memory hon and it's like all right that was a terrible impression. Yes, I know. It's okay. I I didn't commit. You're not a uh, can't can't pull off a terrorist wrong voice. No. <laughs> uh, and my and my southern accent stayed where where it should be. Um, oh man! But to to get to the to elephant in the room briefly, <laughs> Kang and Jonathan Majors. Uh, yeah. This is this is. I don't know how much we've actually talked about Jonathan Majors in this podcast, right? And we um, will continue not to until that case is over. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's a really, like, unfortunate thing. Th- this is a situation where the MCU is hurt, where it's really not their fault, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, unfortunately, they, you know, oriented their face around potentially the wrong guy who's obviously in legal trouble and things of that nature. Um, so it's, you know, it was interesting, you know, with this season, it's like, they didn't put Jonathan Majors in like any of the trailers. So people are like, is he even going to be in this? And then he's like, credit. I mean, he was, we're like, oh, okay. he was in there. He was in there briefly. Slightly. He wasn't maybe. in there a lot. Yeah. He, yeah. no, he was in there briefly. Like they would, they didn't, obviously they didn't show he remains. They showed Victor timely, mostly from the, um, um, the episode where he's, you know, at the fair, because if they showed any more than that, it really would have spoiled things. Like if they yeah. showed him at the TVA. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's the issue of, are they going to recast, which maybe that's the right move. Maybe it isn't. Um, obviously you had to see how, how his trial plays out. But the other thing is the multiverse is not really a hit i do feel like general audiences are tired of the multiverse because you have so many things that do it and do it differently and some do it well and some do it poorly you have the flash a series where they did it well and poorly at the same time and time you have the flash movie which was just done poorly poorly you've got spider-verse which did it well yep both of them you have everything everywhere all at once that did it phenomenally You have Invincible, they're doing it too. We'll see. <coughs> yeah. 
And so it's just getting to this point where, yeah, the MCU is building this whole phase around it. But then when you don't have movies focus on that, like um, No Way, well, I mean, No Way Home did, but it like it did, but it didn't tie into like the overall as far as we know, it has not tied in overall into the plot of everything. Like you inject the multiverse into these projects like Doctor Strange and No Way Home. And as of yet, we have not seen where those things lead up, which is fine if they eventually do. But a lot of people say like, oh, this phase doesn't have a plan. I disagree with that. The plan is just not as apparent as it was in the first three phases. And I know people are just like, well, they had this, you know, they had this plan. It's like, no, uh, Joss Whedon only put in Thanos as a nod to fans and he thought it would be cool, which is why it's a completely different actor. He looks completely different by the time we actually do get to him in Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn came up with the whole uh, lore of the Infinity Stones in like yeah. an hour and a half. And lo- on a losing the weekend. Firing James Gunn was also a mistake. And in, in, in hindsight, for them, it was as well. reactionary. Like, it, it was it, reactionary. And now, and I think they don't want to be reactionary now with like with Jonathan Majors, which that whole case is very. Everything is a mess. There is nothing clear cut about it. You tell them, Star um, Wars lawyer. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then there's Tenoch Huerta with his uh, impending case of uh, sexual oh, assault. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, I mean, granted, this is going different than where I intended to, but uh, people are just like, you know, they need to vet their uh, actors better. It's like, okay, here's the thing. If every company or any company invested the resources to go through the skeletons in anybody's closet, a lot of us would not be hired, especially those of us that grew up with the internet, just because companies have different values. And a lot of the companies now are looking for reactionary. They're, they're reactionary, but they're also looking for um, surface level pats on the back. Like they're, they're doing, you know, like, like, oh, we're going to throw up, you know, some artists, uh, some black artists during Black History Month or art, you know, for our company mm-hmm. logo. We're going to throw out the Black Power Fist or during Pride Month, we're going to make it, our logo, you know, the pride flag. And then it's just going to be like, that's it. It's all they do. So um, MCU can do nothing but wait and see. And that's all the fans can do with these phases, because honestly. Most of these movies are not as bad as people are making them out to be. Uh yeah, yeah. So can we let's let's talk about the ending of Loki and then we can get into the, the MCU being in shambles. So I will say the best part of Loki season two was definitely the ending, mainly because uh, you know, Loki's trying to find a way to like stop the multiverse from falling apart, and he realizes that what he can do is just replace Kang. And at the end, he uh Becomes the full god of full, you know, god of mistress Loki, you know, horns pop out, all that good stuff. He's sitting on a throne. Um, he's the god of stories. He becomes a god of stories. So now Loki is kind of like, I'm not sure. So this is a debate. I'm not sure how much control he has on like events within the multiverse, but he's at mm-hmm. least like 
monitoring everything, you know? Yeah, he's he became Yggdrasil, the world tree. Yeah, I did like I did like that. I did like the uh you see see I did like the branches of the multiverse become a world tree as well. I thought that was cool because you you almost I mean in this show you almost forget that like you know he's from Asgard and all the uh the Norse mythology in there. So bringing that back in was cool. And I mean Tom Hiddleston is acting like this is the last thing he'll ever do is Loki. I doubt that. I think he will be back for any oh, no, sort he of said Super it. War he said it deal. Yeah, he's he said it was like. Uh, I could forget the exact wordage, but it was just like it'd be a poor assumption to think this is the last time I'll ever be Loki. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this Loki has to have some. He has to have. I I think he has to have one conversation with Thor, and then I'm okay yeah. <laughs> never seeing him again because this is a version of Loki that, like you know, you know, it's, it's I, I liked it a because they solved the problem and you know they've got a way to like. They want to write off King and not do that storyline, then they don't have to. But also, too, like it ties into like Loki's whole thing, where like you know he wanted to be king, he wanted to be a ruler and whatnot, and like he finally does get a throne. But ironically, is when he's being selfless and when he's trying to look out for his friends, as opposed to just like gain power and take power. And like yeah, you he know, understands this, this, the burden. Yeah. And this version of Loki, you know, this version of Loki has actual friends and people he cares about. And now it's ironic because now that he's like learned to love, he's got to be stuck on the chair by himself, you know. Mm -hmm. So I thought that 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 was a good ending. And, you know, if we were going to have like if we were going to rate like arcs for characters over the MCU, you know, Iron Man's and Loki's are probably up there. Um, You know, some of them like Black Widow's. eh. Right. But there, but uh Loki's uh definitely if you were gonna pick like characters out of the MCU that like I thought had good arcs across their whatever they were in, but Loki's definitely one of the best. You have to differentiate between Loki's because they're not the same person. You have two different Loki's. One had the TV show arc, the other one had the movies arc. They are not the same. That is fair, but I I feel like at least with this one, like there is at least like like they were up the they were the same guy until like you know I guess you'd say like their fates you know <laughs> separated right. But um, but I would also say that's when Loki's arc began and the MCU was in the Avengers film because then you go into the Dark World and Ragnarok and that's where his his you parents know, arc, died yeah. Right. So it diverges. So there are two different people. And yeah. the other one does have the benefit of seeing everything that the first one went through. I was like, damn, dog. My parents died. That sucked. Then I died. That's even worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the big question that every MCU talking head has asked him or herself or themselves it's mostly honestly let's be real it's mostly men it, it's mostly men with podcasts that are yelling and as men with as men, mcu as men on, is in shambles as men on a, as men on a podcast um <laughs> short short yeah, answer short answer uh yeah but you know unfortunately like 
so a lot of their some of their issues are their fault, but some of them aren't. And I also too, I will say this: just being on Twitter and being on TikTok and being around these fandoms like for years, you know, I also feel like the fandom is in like, you know, it's like we used to make fun of the Star Wars fandom. Sorry. Star Wars lawyer. And now, I mean, the Marvel fandom is 100% just as toxic. Everybody, no one can agree. No one likes anything. There's constantly like nitpicking and arguing and debate. And like, you know, it, you know, it's just, you, you know, there's, I mean, before these movies come out, they're spoiled, usually days ahead of time. So people see the spoilers and get mad off spoilers and, you know, are already dragging something into the ground before they see it. It's just, it, there's there's so many issues uh, right now, both like with the movies themselves, but also just what like, I feel like the state of like comic book movie, it, comic book media, like in general, that it's just, it's tough, you know? So I don't know, where okay. do you want to start? <laughs> so, so, so my thing is, no, the MCU is not in shambles. And... I know how you you said that the the Mar the MCU fandom used to make fun of Star Wars, and now they're just as toxic. I will argue that they always have been as toxic because I remember during Phase One and early on in Phase Two, it wasn't the MCU fandom divided against itself, but it was MCU fandom versus the Marvel comic purists, and that was a very toxic fight because then you had people that were only relying on their the the people that read the comics that read the comics and watch the movies were you know talking amongst themselves and basically saying like how one version is better than the other version and then mcu fans would come in and be like no we know more because i remember you remember those 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 nerd groups on on facebook i was so like young yeah, yeah yeah so like it's it, it's always been that way because people are people um and whether the mcu is in shambles not really these movies are more or less the same quality as the ones we had 10, 15 years ago. But that being said, that's also Marvel got too now. comfortable being at the top because they when did. you're at the top and no one challenges you and you just stick to the formula, you placate, people get complacent, and then people will eventually wake up that like, Hey, I want more. I want better. I want better. Um, yeah. Well, I, that's what I will then, say too. Is that like, your audience are not satisfied with the same kinds of movies we got. You know, excuse me, ten years ago. You know. But then everybody wants Infinity War, in-game levels of films, and it's like that's not. That's just not how films work. Yeah. Um, and because it's like the MCU more or less is has become comic books just in movie format. I know they're like these are comic book movies, but it's terms of like you have your individual arcs, you have your big crossover event, you go back to the individual arcs and then you see how those affected for the big crossover and rinse and repeat. Yeah. But people um there's also the thing is people are older now. The original people that grew up in the MCU like you and me we're no longer teenagers. We're about yeah. to enter our 30s. Some of them are already in their 30s. Some of them are in their 40s. Their kids are now watching the MCU. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as these stories diverge and expand, there are people that are like, this doesn't make me feel the same way as I did when I was a kid, which is similar 
to what happened in the original trilogy with Star Wars, Star and Wars the prequel yeah. trilogy, and in the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And it's like there are some emotions that are supposed to be inherent in all these things, the joy, the the fun, all that that's supposed to be inherent. You may not feel the same way you did when you were a kid, but then again, you're older, you've experienced more in life. But when people are railing against diversity and they blame diversity for it as, you know, Ike Perlmutter is and where hopefully he doesn't come back, but he might. Um, and you have all these people that are just like, oh, it's the diversity that is like, okay, you have to re- remember they finally started doing diversity about a decade into the MCU after nearly 20 movies worth i mean they didn't they really didn't care about diversity until panther really and he showed up in 20 was it 2017 was when 16 2016 yeah i remember when civil war came out where it was like you had black panther roadie and falcon and somebody wrote articles like this is the first time you've had like three black superheroes they're like distinctly different right you know Mm -hmm. that in one movie you know because usually it was like, well, we were the sidekick, you know? Yep. You had a white protagonist, they had a sidekick, and that was it. So, um, yeah, I mean, they haven't been doing the diversity thing for so long. I think the issue, though, and this is interesting because it reminds me of like a like a Chris, a Chris Ross sketch, is like, you know, whatever like something is like woman-led or led by people of color, etc., it has to be like absolutely amazing. You know, mm-hmm. right? Like an example is like End of the Spider for the Spider-Verse movies are absolutely phenomenal films, right? The thing is like, you know, diverse media does not get to exist being mediocre, right? Like mm-hmm. all the, you know, like, like, okay, what there's four Thor movies, right? And I don't, to you- None I, of them are good. You think none of them are good. It's debatable if one of them's good, right? <laughs> they would. There's no way they would ever have a black-led franchise where they're going to make four movies the quality at the same quality as the Thor films, right? And like Chris Rock, first Thor movie is the best. And like, and, and and a good example is like Chris Rock he had an old sketch about it. I know it's Chris Rock, but it was it, it it was true, and he was talking about how in his neighborhood it's him, Mary J. Blige. Um and Eddie Murphy, right? They're the three black people on the block, right? So Chris Rock is a you know, he's a huge comedian, right? You cannot like him, can't deny Chris Rock successful. Eddie Murphy is a legend, right? Mary J. Blige is an award-winning artist. And then he goes, You know what the white person in my neighborhood, you know what he does? He's a dentist, right? Not the best dentist, not you know, an award-winning dental researcher. He's just a dentist. So the whole point that he's trying to make is that, like, for us to even be in the same space, we got to make, like, amazing films, you know? And when you put us in stuff that, you know, is mediocre or okay, like something like the Marvels, you know, the backlash we get is, like, insane, you know? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We don't get sequels of mediocre stuff. We don't get sequels to good things sometimes, right? It could yeah. be, it can be a, you know, it could be a diverse project that, you know, is good, but maybe people just don't see it. Maybe it's not promoted the right way, etc. So, like, the point I'm trying to make is like, you know, the the issue too is like, 
you know, when when Marvel makes like more diverse projects and, you know, they're using their same formula and they're not putting that extra effort into making it really good, you know, unfortunately, yeah, it's not going to perform that well, like with general audiences, because like for stuff that's made by us, like, unfortunately, the way it is right now, and I wish it wasn't this way, but it is, it's like, we got to be like above and beyond. And, you know, at the end of the day, movies like the Spider-Verse movies, right? You don't get those whatever every year even you know those mm-hmm. are movies that you know those are movies that are lightning in the bottle i mean even like the first black panther so much had to go right to get that movie to be you know as good as it was um you know and then for the sequel you know you lost your lead what are they going to do right so mm-hmm. you know i i guess my point is like you know with diverse let stuff if disney or whoever is producing this content if it's not like really good, you know, it's an uphill battle dealing with the narrative of like, oh, you know, oh, diverse projects are bad, etc. And it's like, there's so many mediocre films that are, you know, that there's so many mediocre films where, you know, the lead is a white dude that like, hey, man, they'll give it five sequels, you know? Mm-hmm. It has a, it has an actor that people like, you know, Chris Pratt. <laughs> hey, Chris Pratt's in it. It'll break even and make enough money, and it'll get a sequel. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, but it's that the the diversity conversation is so frustrating because it's like that is not why you know Marvel films are quote unquote in the decline. They're kind of the same quality that they've been, you know, which you know we've talked about. You just don't always have you know a white male face at the you know at the forefront. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, you know, like the best movie post post in game. Guardians of the Galaxy three. Next yeah. one, Wakanda Forever. Next or one, Shang Chi. Yeah. You know, I will say, you know, it's interesting, too. It's like No Way Home is near the bottom. I like I, stand I, okay, by I, don't, that. I don't hate No Way Home like you do. I like No Way Home. I do. I still do. Makes no sense. That movie makes no sense at every level. I know you hate No Way Home. I like No Way Home, um, but I, you know, we we can agree to disagree. Spider Man is in shambles outside of Miles Morales and the video games. Oh, oh, you're talking about the comics? You mean? Oh my God! Let Peter Parker be happy. Just, just, just let him be happy. Let him get married to Mary Jane. That sounds bad. I have have a kid. I haven't picked up a Spider-Man comic in a while. I haven't bought a Spider-Man comic (laughs) since uh, Brand New Day. Yeah. That's 15 years. Did you see that? uh, Did you see that Madam Web trailer? It's a movie. It's a movie. Looks better than what I thought, because I was like, how are you going to make a movie about Madam Web? I give credit. Without Spider Man looks better. So I well, read this with, is off topic. Not without Spider Man, just in general. Like even if Spider Man was in the film, I was just like. So allegedly, from better. what I've read, this movie takes place before like Peter Parker is born, and all the Madam Web stuff is like before. Whatever. Do, do we still know what universe? I mean, it it, it is its own universe. Is this universe going to ever have its own Spider Man? Are they going to import Tom Holland? What's happening? Does Tom Holland even want to do these movies anymore? Because every interview with him, he's kind of like, eh, I'm not doing it if the story's not good. <laughs> he's just yeah, like, I mean, I'm chilling with Zendaya. 
Spider-Man. Anyway, um, so I think the MCU made a couple of mistakes uh, post-Endgame right off the bat. One, you should have waited. You should have waited at least a year before you even announced new projects. Like, yes, we're going to make some more. We're going to take a break. We're going to retool. Mm-hmm. We took, you know, this 10-year journey, 11-year journey. We're going to take a break. And then you start releasing things. And you have TV shows that have show Bibles. And you make sure that people are on the same page so you don't have something that happened like where, you know, the writers and director of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, where you make your main antagonist, Wanda Maximoff, don't watch Didn't the last thing she was in, was in that yeah. focused solely on her and and then make the plot so contrived that you kind of just crap on her character. And killing mm-hmm. Wanda. And ki- killing Wanda, too, and Multiverse of Madness... But even though it was it was an awful choice because people yeah. loved Wanda Maximoff after WandaVision. And now, like, so you're going to come back? I don't know. They ask Elizabeth Olsen and she's just like, eh. You yeah. know, and it's just like, I do think, yeah, I do agree that they should have waited. You know, now COVID happened. Nobody could have predicted that. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Them not them not taking a break and then COVID happening where they have to reshuffle the schedule of their movies was also mm-hmm. a problem. Another thing, and I'll add on to that too, they should have timed movie TV characters, TV shows, and movies to align closer mm-hmm. together so that you saw characters that you liked. The best example of this, I will actually say this, was the Black Widow movie and the Hawkeye show. Because the Black Widow mm-hmm. movie came out in the summer. You meet her sister, Elena. Then the Hawkeye show, Elena comes up. And people were excited. They're like, okay, she's cool. There should have been more of that, right? So, like, with yeah. the Marvels, Ms. Marvel should have come out this year. You know, maybe summer, springtime, before the Marvels came out. You know, mm-hmm. you have characters like Monica Rambo. People like Monica Rambo and WandaVision. But WandaVision yep. was almost three years ago. So when the Marvels yep. comes out, people are like, Who's this lady? Oh yeah, I guess that was the I guess that was the lady that was in WandaVision. People, you know, people have moved on. You know, mm-hmm. the glaring example is Sam Wilson as Cap. I'm sorry, I love Anthony Mackie. I know he's not so busy. You couldn't have paid him to do a cameo in any of these movies that he was in. You make such a mm-hmm. big deal about having a new Captain America and a black Captain America, and then we see Peggy Carter more than him. You know, yep. he could have he he could have been the he could have been the Shang Chi post credits. He could have had a cameo in No Way Home. He could he could have had a cameo in the Marvels. All you needed was Nick Fury on the screen talking to Sam. How are things back home? Good, and that's it. Just so like you know, we feel like we're seeing more of these characters that we care about. You know, the only time you put Captain America, Anthony Mackie as Captain America was on the Disney dream, Wish a, Cruise, a, a Disney Cruise. Exactly, it, it's weird. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is that now with Captain America, we're not going to see him until like late 2024, maybe early 2025. His movie is mired in controversy because you have Sabra in there, who is an Israeli superhero that is mired in the situation of uh, like, I mean, her hero is just never not mired in controversy. But given that the people of Palestine 
are being what's the right word for it um can't think of the word right now but it starts with a d uh dystopia there it is um the, the situation is very dystopic uh it, it, and you put this on <laughs> captain america like it's there are so many other heroes yeah. that you could do like you could create a new character or you could use some other like D. I can't even call her a D list hero because honestly, I has she even even been in the comics since the eighties? Like, you know this, this whatever. It just the burden is not that hard for these important characters or characters that you deem as important to just say like, hey, pop them in here, pop them in there. Like you said, because now the next time we're going to see Captain America is possibly four years after his TV after show. After his show, you know? And some stuff, like, obviously we have to strike that's going to delay things. Some of it's out of their control, but, like, again, it could be tightened up. I mean, they literally reshoot these movies and our filming scenes, like, six, <laughs> six months, I mean, not six months, six weeks half the time before they come out. You know? Well, you I'll can, say this. I'll say this. No. I, I I won't absolve them of the strike because what they could have done, what Bob Iger could have done yeah. to submit his legacy is to go and say, no, I am going to negotiate with these actors and writers and my yeah, company he ended it is going yeah. to be on top of it. These other companies may not be, but I'm going to be on top of it. Did he do that? No. He just said what they're asking for is ridiculous, which it's not. And it's he really dragged ridiculous. it out. Yeah, and yep. it, and they dragged and they dragged it out when they didn't need to, which is also another another problem. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else, you know. And there are certain times, like, look, sometimes you're going to announce, you know, you're going to have something that just doesn't land. Eternals is an example of that, you know. I think some of that would have been forgiven if we felt like there was just more connectivity, because it's like, does anyone care if we're going to see the Eternals again? Whatever, who knows? Moon Knight, you know, was okay. Um, most people like Moon Knight for the most part. You know, certain characters like him, Moon Knight is kind of always doing this thing. I don't necessarily need mm -hmm. Moon Knight to show up in an Avengers movie. Um, you know, but you know, there there needed to be more connectivity between the movies and shows. Cause even like right. like we I, I forgot that we got a uh, Kate Bishop Kate Bishop in the Marvels, and clearly they're planning like some sort of young Avengers type crossover. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's been two years since Hawkeye. I kind of forgot about her. Like it's the same. You know, it's that same like, oh, yeah, it's that person type feeling. Um, yeah, just take a break, a breather. Like you don't need to put out, I would say, no more than three projects in a year, whether mm -hmm. that be two movies and a TV show, like a movie towards like the beginning, like the, the springtime, early summer, a movie in the fall and a TV show in between. Like, that's fine you're overwhelming people with the amount of content they have to watch and the quality is suffering for it. Your visual effects artists are suffering for it. Your the, the directors and the writers that you're bringing yeah. on are suffering for it because you're not even giving people show Bibles. And now like it's possible that Ike Perlmutter comes back and takes over the MCU, which if that is the case, goodbye yeah. people of color and women. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's too much content. 
you know, I would not say that the content is necessarily so much worse than we've got before, but like a lot of mediocrity is not good. Um, I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of the other, you know, I'm not blanking on like half the projects they did. Um, oh, oh, another thing. Um, projects like Daredevil and Blade, TVMA, make it rated R. You know, it looks like yeah. they're trying with the Echo show to make that TVMA. You know, yeah, people be. liked the Marvel Netflix shows back in the day because of how gritty they were and how different they were from the other shows. And the thing mm-hmm. is, like, you can have you can have like stuff that's a part of the MCU that is grittier. Maybe it doesn't necessarily cross over, but it, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be afraid to necessarily do those projects. You know, I get it. The viewership's going to go down when you know it's more explicit. You can cut the budget because another thing too is that the budgets for these things are absolutely insane and yeah. bloated for no reason. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, the fact is, like, <laughs> you know, the, they did some cool stuff on Arrow back in the day with a tiny budget. You know, <laughs> we used to make fun of like their the wigs suck, show. but. Their wigs were yeah. bad. We used to make we used to make fun of how cheap the CW shows were, but they were able to produce some stuff, you know, you know, with a with a small budget. So I don't understand why they're so afraid. I mean, especially like Blade's got to be rated R, and I think Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You need Daredevil to be rated R. You know, that's the people who want to who like those characters want to see him be dark and gritty, etc. You don't have to bring your kids to go see the Blade movie. They will be okay. Mm-hmm. You can they yep. can wait until they're older and then they can watch that stuff. You know? Yeah, and then, you know, you can do your street level heroes. You can do your Marvel Knights. That's okay. Like you got the characters from. You can do it. They're all there. You think we'll ever see a Luke Cage again? No. No. <laughs> no. Oh man. But yeah, like I don't think the MCU is in shambles. It's it, it's it's they're gonna be fine. Superhero genre in general is just kind of in disarray because people are gotten complacent. Um, people are getting tired of it. They keep asking every director and actor, like, "What do you think about the superhero genre?" Just stop asking. Why? Why? Do, who cares what Martin Scorsese thinks about the MCU? Like, honestly. Like that's not his. And, that's not where he's he's, something. and he's doing his own thing, right? Like if you wanted he's to just, ask, like Christopher Nolan, sure, he's done superhero movies and he's moved on from that. So if you want to say, like, hey, what do you think about it? You know, when you sort of helped kick it off versus you know, like now, fifteen years later, like, sure, huh? that's a conversation. But like, I like, why would you ask Ridley Scott about what he thinks about you know, like the Marvels? I know that didn't happen, but like, still, like. It's a like I, what do I like the Mon, I like the Monvalani's answer where she was like, that's a question for Bob Iger. Yeah, that's above <laughs> my pay grade. I agree. I'm like, that is a, that is that was like I'm like, oh, I know she was media trained. I'm like Protect that is the Monvalani media- with at all costs. Uh yeah, high key, she should she should high key be on some of the some of the some of the planning for the MCU and like you know and and Amon Vellani is probably one of the brightest spots of phase, spots of Phase Four mainly because mm-hmm. she is an OG Marvel Comics fan and a comics nerd. I mean, she literally cosplayed the character she ended up playing, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can tell in anything she's in that like she's living her dream job and is happy to be there, you know. Yeah, she's not phoning in lines. Um, 
Yeah, so no, Amon Vellani is is a uh, is a sweetheart. You know, I think she's gonna go far and do a lot of you know and do a lot of amazing things. I believe she's actually writing the new yeah, run, writing the new the new run, run of Ms. Marvel, yeah. which. You know, the controversy with that is that she's a mutant now. I believe in the comics now, too. You know. They shouldn't have killed her. (laughs) That was dumb. That was stupid. I'm sorry. That was dumb. And then to center it around Peter Parker was even worse. That also made it weird. Because she she had a close relationship with Miles, right? Didn't they kind of date for a little bit? Or kind of maybe? No. Like, he had a crush on her, and they didn't really play. But they, they were still really close. They were best friends. Granted, her death should not be centered around anybody but her, but it definitely shouldn't be centered around Peter Parker. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing in the comics. I don't want to get into that. But um, But, so, long story short, I mean, Marvel—they've got work to do, and we've gone over a lot of things. And 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 there's certain stuff like, and I think you mentioned this before. uh, If you have an actor gets in a controversy, just recast them. You know, I understand and. I, I, I won't say recast them right away. Not immediately. Because, but I'm saying like, that like recasting should not be off the table. Only because yeah. like I I feel like the way they act, like, you know, I mean, we obviously had to like, you know, I understand, like, say, like with Chadwick Bozeman, like he died tragically and he's like iconic of the role and it's harder. But like, you know, I feel like sometimes they act like they don't know what to do when they're in a controversy. Um, I mean, we never really talked about like the Flash movie on here for different reasons, but like, you know, that movie is terrible. You could have, you 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 could have picked a new Flash if you had to. I get that the movie yep. was done at that point, but like, in hindsight, in that instance, it's like, dog, like, I get that Grant Gustin is busy <laughs> or didn't want to do it, but you could have found somebody else to run I, the CGI I run. Really just had- that movie just had so many issues. Oh, uh, man. Um, but. So, you got anything else on the MCU and Shandles? Um, let's see. I've said what I have to say. So, <laughs> What if season two looks fun? It's all, it's it all does! Yeah, they used to bring in some of the Phase 4 characters. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to remember like what their main plot lines are this time. I know, I know there's one with the uh, the Ten Rings and and Shang Chi. I think it's Hella. Is are Hella and Odin fighting over the rings or something like that? I think possibly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I know we're getting more of the evil Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm looking this up right now. Let's see. I don't know why Happy saving Christmas, but you know he's got to do something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, weird thing. How do you feel? How? What do you think about uh the MCU? I feel like I mean I don't think you saw it, but they're doing they always they're doing like a Christmas theme thing like every year now. Like in 2021, like the Hawkeye show was like a Christmas show. And then last year, you had the Guardians Christmas special. And I'm looking at the poster for What If Season 2 right now. And Uatu has a uh, a Santa hat on. And it's just I'm like... Okay with that. <laughs> you like know. if you want to do things themed around the holidays, that's what 
most TV shows do. That's what most comic books do. You know, they'll do an issue or whatever. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Oh, oh, I know which one I was excited for. I forgot. It was on uh, what if the Avengers formed in the um, I think the 50s. I want to say. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, you got King T'Chaka, T'Chaka, uh, old Ant Man and Wasp. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um. So it, it, on on the recasting thing. What yeah. every company should do, or at least like movie companies for like for, for this, is if you have an actor that's cast, it's either uh like post-production or um like let's say it's even pre-production or early on production, because mid-production is kind of hard because then you're screwing over everybody. But yeah. you know, do your own internal investigation. If you see it's more likely than not that the person did the thing that they're being accused of. They gotta go. Everybody's owed their day in court. But yeah, and 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 when it comes to like these contracts where there are clearly, you know, not like behavioral conditions, you know, more or less. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you can't embarrass the company, you can't go against the company's, you know, uh directives, policies, you know, their uh what the company stands for, their values, like. Do you feel they violated that after you've done your own internal investigation? Because more than likely you're going to be able to move quicker than than the courts are. It, it tell them to hit the road, but yeah. you know, like you can't wait and see forever. But especially when you know this this happened back, the incident happened back in March, and I think you got arrested around in March, like for Jonathan Majors, and here we are in December. And the it, case yeah, it was, the, it was the right trial, after Creed came out. Yeah. Yeah. The trial has been delayed four times, three or four times at this point. So, like, you know, investigate, make your own conclusions. And if you decide to stick with them, you got to stick with them and you take the flack for that. But, you know, just because people are, are there, there's a lot of things where people that are online that are aware of these issues will be that general audiences won't be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really why they're in a wait and see. Because, like, they're just looking out for their bottom dollar. It is what it is. Yeah. But just, you know, so if you find out someone is guilty, don't keep them on. Or, like, you believe that they're guilty, don't don't, don't keep them on. They'll be like, ah, they'll be fine. They'll, we'll just get them some anger management. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta let him go. No, I totally understand. But then again, some Um, people are allowed to get away with things that others aren't. But that's a whole other different conversation. No, I I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Um, so before we go, um, few things I want to go over because I feel like if we don't cover them now, we never will. So stuff that happened this year that we obviously missed when we were on break. Uh, Barbieheimer, Chris, where were you? Did you see Barbie and Oppenheimer? I saw both of them. I enjoyed both of them. Uh, I wore pink for Barbie. I sure did. I did not. I went with a group and they were all doing it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. I only have one pink article of clothing and it was a uh, <laughs> button down dress shirt. Now it's not about to wear that to the movies. I, I've got a, I got a button down from Kohl's. I had a 30% off. It's good. You oh. know, Got it for a good deal. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I like Barbie. I like Oppenheimer. I like Oppenheimer a lot more than I thought I would because I'm not like the biggest like historical movie person. I know it was long, mm-hmm. 
But it kept me entertained the whole time. It's nice knowing about that guy's life and movie was more than like let's build a bomb. Mm. Um, I'm a history nerd, so I loved it. Yeah, RDJ, uh, you know, gets to act again. So, nah, I don't like that take. <laughs> He's all he was already acting. He was still acting. He was. I know fine. he's still acting, but it was like this is a it was, Oppenheimer was a big thing for him. I feel like for me, it was oh, all Emmerich. Who was the um like the the aide that was kind of helping RDJ out oh, in the yeah. hearings because he played yeah. Han Solo in the solo movie and I didn't think he did a good job in that and I was like hey oh, yeah. he can act which I know might make some that that movie. cast but, hey, was hey, that man, too I said what I said oh yeah that cast, that cast was, was like stacked. I was like Josh Peck is in this <laughs> yeah although you know, like I know there there weren't. A lot of black people at the forefront of this movie, but they still casted us because there were black scientists that were involved in the Manhattan Project. And I was like, ah, so now you want to give us credit when it's about something that could possibly bring about the yeah, end I was of the like, world. you know, we don't gotta be there. You know, every <laughs> yeah. now and again, we don't gotta be in every movie, okay? Like, uh, we don't gotta be in. We don't need to be like. <laughs> my mom saw Frozen for the first time two years ago, and she's mm. like, yeah, we don't need to be there. Like we don't need to be in Frozen. <laughs> it's like she's like, there's nothing there on the, there's nothing there in the mountains, them ice mountains for us. Okay, she's like, I want to be where it's warm. Like, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I like, um, uh, I I did. Uh, I'm still looking to get a Kanaf hoodie, uh, from the Barbie movie. Um, I thought the movie was good. The the music was good. The dance numbers were good. The message, obviously, which you know. We're men, so I feel like there's enough women that have already talked about the themes of the Barbie movie and did a better job than we could. But yeah, overall, yep. I I enjoyed it. The only thing um, that was interesting that I that take I did see was interesting is that they felt like there was definitely a message in that movie for men for sure, especially like young boys, like, hey, you gotta mm-hmm. find yourself outside of like the patriarchy, right? But like someone said that they felt like the movie was almost too kind to Ken. Because like Barbie apologizes to Ken, Ken doesn't really apologize mm. to Barbie, which that was interesting, yeah. especially because like Barbie's real only crime was just ignoring Ken, and Ken was a fascist. <laughs> but <it's laughs> he like, read a couple. Is that is that is ignoring him a crime? Like, is it? Yeah, yeah, and it's hey, like you, no, exactly. Owe, you don't owe anyone attention. And Ken became a. And my thing is like Ken read two books and talked to one guy and decided to become a fascist. <laughs> like yep. he already has some. There, there, there's got to be something whack, you know, underneath for you to turn a fascism that hard. Personality predates ideology. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, that that's that's what I thought was interesting. But yeah, I love the movie, love performances. It was a lot of fun. Um, Spider Man game. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna say going to a, another historical film. Napoleon was a disappointment. I, oh, I did not see that. I was not. Yeah, I saw. Like that. I said. You said it was disappointing, didn't I? I heard it didn't yep. know what it wanted to be. Yep. I was bored. Rob almost fell asleep. Jesus. All right. Well. Yeah. Spider-Man 2. I, w- I want to talk cake. about the Spider-Man game. Came out a uh, month and a half ago, almost, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. Um, that game was fantastic. Uh, it was Venom great. Story, Venom storyline was great. They did their own take of Venom that was different. You know, they kind of you know, they definitely pulled from certain things. Like they, they definitely pulled a little Craven's from Craven's Last Hunt. Craven's Last Hunt. There's a little Spider-Man three in there too. 
surprisingly, a better version of it. Yeah. You know, Peter becoming getting the soup, getting mean, be mean to Mary Jane, but they did a better job. <laughs> and it was, you know, I will say that, you know, I mean, I enjoyed the gameplay. Obviously, having Miles again, fully playable was great. Being able to switch between Peter mm -hmm. and Miles was great. The side missions, uh who was what was the what was the name of the uh the guy with the birds? Uh, oh, Howard. Howard. Oh man, that that side mission had me tearing up. Howard uh, and, and the, the one, grandfather one. And the grandfather on the bench. Mm. Um. Um. Uh, my, my main issue I, with Spider-Man Two as a game is that it was a little short, and um, not having New Game Plus at launch, or the ability to like replay the like hunter bases and some of the side missions. Yeah. Uh, they, they said they're gonna patch it in. But I thought that was lame only because, like, you spend all this time unlocking all these suits. And by the end, mm. once you do all the side missions, all you can do is, you know, stop petty crimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Endlessly they, uh, forever. Yeah, they should have. It should have been longer than the first one by a few more hours. Even if you didn't yeah. want to make the story necessarily longer, you could have made mm -hmm. some more than the side missions longer. Um, I'm going to be honest. I only played as Peter when I had to. I pretty much played as Miles pretty much any other time. That's an interesting take, no? Because I, I love the symbiote stuff. I had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did too, but I had much more fun playing with Miles. You just enjoyed I played more as, more? I, yeah, I played more as anti-venom uh, symbiote than regular symbiote. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have followed the symbiote for a while, mainly because like when you stop random crimes with symbiote, Peter just gets so angsty and mean. Mm. He's like, "Stop tearing up my city!" Blah. Um, I did miss though. Uh, so you know how like um, Rat and the other Spider-Man will help you in battles every now and again. I didn't yeah. realize that like in the small in the certain segment where um, someone I mean I don't know if it's a spoiler. Someone Agent Venom, Agent Venom yeah. will help you too. I totally yeah, that happened that. with me. Yeah. Yeah. It never happened to me with Peter, though. It only happened when I was Miles. I think so. I read that. I think it only happens with Miles, maybe, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, overall, I had fun with the game. I don't think it deserves game of the year, unfortunately, because I think Gate three, baby. They played it, I think, with Spider-Man two. They gave us more of what we liked, you know, but they played it a little too safe. You know, it was a bigger map. Web wings were cool, but there were certain weird choices. Like there's like no stealth in that game at all. Like mm -hmm. you just brawl and that's it. And you know, the gadgets are easier to use because you can quick fire them, but there's less gadgets mm -hmm. kind of overall, you know? And yeah. I did miss like, remember the impact web from the first game and things of that mm -hmm. nature. Um, I mean, Miles's uh, Venom abilities were pretty broken in his game. So I get why they kind of changed that around a little bit, a little bit. So they were a little, it was like they gave you stuff and then they took it away. Um, mm -hmm. I would still give it a nine out of 10, but yeah, that was just my, my thoughts on Spider-Man game. I'm, I, I, I do want to do a, uh, when new game plus comes out, I do want to do a new game plus round. Um, and I'm assuming they'll likely be DLC too. I would think, I don't know why they mm -hmm. wouldn't carnage be. carnage. Yeah. So definitely not done with that game, but yeah, I had a good time mm -hmm. with it. Um, let's see what else uh have we missed. Uh the One Piece live action is great, but I want to do an episode dedicated to Yeah, that. we 
we can wait on that. Yeah, the One Piece live action was yeah. One Piece One Piece has had a year. Uh, mm. Yes, so it has. Of, for those of you who don't know, like I work in advertising, and what happened with One Piece this year is what you call like brand synergy when the anime, the manga, and the live action were all popping at the same time. Like we One Piece fans, we were eating good all year. You know, we had Gear Five in the anime, Egghead arc in in one in the One Piece manga, it's shaping up to be one of the best arcs, at least post time skip, for mm-hmm. sure. You know, um, and the and the live action was, I mean, not that the bar was that high, but probably the best live action uh, anime we've gotten. I mean, you like the Kenshin, I think R- Roni Kenshin live action. You said, but you know, That's as far as so. I mean, as I'm far as doing, it, you can't. I mean, get away as, from it, the, as fantastical as One Piece is, to make it as good as it was, I was like, oh, they cooked here. And I, and also mm-hmm. too, Black Showrunner. Did you know that? Yep. I've seen interviews with them. Yeah, Black. You know, Black Showrunner. Um, he's like the guy's like. I mean, he's a huge One Piece fan. He's read everything. He's caught up. So you can tell like they had to make certain changes for that show. And at least like when they did, there were changes that made it a better show. Um, for sure. We don't have to get in the weeds, but yeah, I I, I enjoyed it quite a bit for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else have we not covered? Oh, I saw Godzilla minus zero, uh, minus one. I know it's only recently uh, come out as of this recording. It was phenomenal. Go see it. Best Godzilla movie to come out in at least 15 to 20 years. Better than him, uh, fighting Kong. <laughs> yeah, way better. Way better. The humans uh, are also the, the humans. The human story is really good, and you care okay. about the humans. And it, it's a very, uh, very poignant story. So yeah, very good. I have to check it out. Um, I saw Hunger Games. Uh, I have not seen that yet. Second best Hunger Games movie. Um, mm-hmm. Better. The only thing that I think Catching Fire. I, so I did. I was in the Hunger Games back in the day, and it was one of those things where it's like, do we still care about this franchise at all? But I will say that after seeing it, like it's a prequel, and after seeing it, I feel like that series is almost like more relevant now than it was back in the day like watching it i remember the premise like okay people wouldn't watch teenagers literally kill each other and like cheer it on and like not care and older me is like people would absolutely do that if you dehumanize a group a month you know a group one group a certain group enough absolutely i mean so i'd like to point out that the first battle of the civil war families came out and had picnics watching the battle so yeah, yeah, and I know like slavery, you know they had you know mandingo fights and stuff. I know I'm just saying it like like what? at the time slavery was terrible. What? Yeah, no. I know, I know. They were I'm just, just saying they it, were like, just workers that worked for free. That that first movie came out in what 2012, I want to say, and like I was just I was so young and so naive. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the dystopian fantasy world. Like, oh, it's so crazy. And then I'm looking now, and I'm just like, we'll see. Um, and I was in a dystopian book. literature class <laughs> when I read The Hunger Games, so like it was and Clockwork Orange. Chris, are you able to look and... up? Are you able to look anything up on your computer right now? Because I want to get your reaction on the podcast. Look up Viola Davis in in The Hunger Games and see how they got her looking. They had her play oh, a I've villain, and like. oh, she was looking crazy. I've seen her in the trailer. Oh yeah, I've seen <laughs> yeah. her in the trailer. I knew she was going to eat. 
she was eating. Viola Davis was eating that whole that whole movie up, and it was yep. she play she plays pretty much a mad scientist character that is just straight up like yep. diabolical. And it's funny they asked her on the red carpet like, "Oh, were you able to find any good in this character?" And she's like, "No." She was like, she's evil from the beginning. I knew she was evil and rotten, and I played her. I played the evilest woman. I, I played the evilest character I could. And I'm like, you sure did. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, as far as anything else, let's see. Um, I saw Gen V. You haven't seen Gen V yet. Um, you've got some stuff coming up Star Wars-wise, so I'll leave that alone. Um, yeah, I'll Vince- be talking Ahsoka sometime soon at a okay. full-length full video. Um, Invincible is uh, in the middle of the second season. It's on break right now. Mm-hmm. Um, JK your Simmons, animators. Man, I know. Please pay them. Absolutely. Because they're going to go on strike. Pay them. Uh, yeah, they will, definitely will. Um, the Attack on Titan anime ended, um, so now we can stop having debates. <laughs> about I still the haven't ending. seen that anime ending i mean i've read the manga so i know it's the same thing it's the same oh i know it is but they they clean up uh like aaron and armin's conversation a little bit more but like Mm. aaron is still a moron and an awful person (laughs) like that doesn't and now like i don't know like it's so weird so i saw an interview with the creator of attack on titan and like people are asking about the ending, and like I don't know, that guy's got some issues, like for sure. Cause like pretty much he said that he wrote he he wanted to make Aaron such a bad character because he felt like Aaron represents him. And that was all I needed to know. And I was like, mm, 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 okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it look I'll I'll send you look, there's a whole there's a whole like hour long video essay I send to you about the Attack on Titan ending. It's um I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. It was just like for, I'm being vague. I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but like Attack on Titan like had a really great premise and obviously like when it came on the scene was like an ex- extremely popular show, but like it got in trouble for like pretty much a messy Holocaust allegory. And like, you know, the main character ends up committing a genocide at the end. And like, you know, when you're a writer and like you, you write your, and people and like in the context of the story, like you didn't have a choice, but like, if you're a writer where the solution to your story is like, okay, you know, kill babies or blow up cities. It's like, where's that writer coming from? You know? It was just, it was, yeah. So we can, um, we, we don't have to talk about that anymore. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Attack on Titan. You know, that animation though, you know, they ate at the end. Uh, I got to see Aaron's head get cut off. That was a good time. Um, um, so that is most of what I have. Uh, as far as like big things, I mean, we, we mentioned One Piece. They did the Gear Five, in the anime this year, so that was really cool to see that Looney Tune animation. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have? Uh, yeah, no, no, I've been jumping around. So, do you have anything else, Chris? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, we're definitely glad to uh, be back. You know, it's our first podcast in a while, and looking forward to seeing. You know, kind of what happens next year. I mean, next year, Invincible's Invincible's going to keep going. Um, I think the only MCU movie that's slated is the new Deadpool. You know, mm-hmm. with Hugh Jackman. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I would think that maybe that's going to be some version of like Deadpool, Deadpool kills a Fox universe. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything else. Uh, I want to touch Aquaman. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm like blanking on like what comes out next year, you know, Bleach will be yeah, back we can at do some that point. In the year wrap up one. <laughs> year wrap up, yeah. So we'll see. But okay, we're about at an hour and twenty three minutes. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we're glad to be back, and we look forward to uh, coming back soon. Until next time, remember there are more of us.